0: Hey coconuts, welcome back to TFC Weekly Market Updates, where we scour the net to find worthy financial news to be discussed and expanded. For our first story, we discuss Shopee exiting France, then PayPal's earnings call and its massive stock drop. And lastly, we join the dots on how proposed oil sanctions will have negative impact on every single one of us. Anthony, let's kick off with the first story. What do you have for us?
1: All right, Shopee, C C Limited, right? They are now, oh, they, they have been for a while now, Singapore's largest company by market cap. So they are bigger than DBS, they are bigger than our banks, they are bigger than Capital Land, and wow. then they are somehow Singapore's biggest company, right? Which is fantastic. Um, They, they had earnings <laughs> last week, but we are not going to talk about that. Rakesh, I think you did a record of Stock Geek Out recently on C, right?
0: A little something like that. Not entirely yep. a Stock Geek Out on C, but yeah, we did use C as an example.
1: Yeah, so you know, that that's coming out soon, keep a lookout for that. But I think I just want to focus something very clearly today. And and this is just one news item. But but yeah, I mean, look, you know, Shopee, yeah, Shopee, we we, we think of it as a growth story. And and you know, when when they think about growth, it's really the story, right? What can it do? What can it achieve? It's not so much what it mm. is, it's what it can be. And and a big part of that is management, right? And but what was interesting to me over the last week was that they announced that, you know, they they are going to cease operations in France. So they oh Shopee, are they even in France, right? They they started there five months ago. That's it. Right. So so they they went in for five months, they decided this is not gonna work out, they're leaving. That right. I, I don't know. What what do you guys think about
0: that? Five months is really short, isn't it? I mean you you spent so much investment into that, trying to get you build your strategy, build your GTM, and you're only giving it five months. For me, that's uh it's either someone has made a big boo boo during planning stage. It kind of yeah. looks like from the outside. Jeff, what do you think? Um, I I think I think maybe it's a bit of that,
2: but at the same time, maybe um, the management sees that you know there's there's a lack of a runway for for things to pick up in France as well at the competitor. You know, only when you enter the market sometimes then you realize like oh, there's a lot more small fleeting businesses that have uh, fleeting mm. businesses that have picked up, right? So, yeah, maybe it's a good call as well, you know, cut your losses early. Who knows? True.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, this is all in the broader backdrop of e-commerce, in, international e-commerce being difficult, right? um You know, Alibaba tried to expand internationally, you know, they, they tried with Lazada. It, it's okay, I guess. um You know, they, they've gone from clear market leader to clear second, so, B2C, right? So so it's it's difficult. Amazon's international expansion, you know, outside of English speaking countries uh, has also been challenging, right? And and slow. Right. So, you know, I think it's it's probably one of those things where I, I tend more to to Jefferson's view that that this is discipline, right? You you keep trying to go to new markets, of course, right? You you're in India, and you're in Eastern Europe, you are in Latm. You know, and if it doesn't work, whether it's because the market condition is different from what you think it was or what you thought it was, or you just decided, yeah, this, the margins are not worth it. I, the French are too different. I don't know how to deal with them, but I do know how to deal with all these other people. Then, then I think it's perfectly fine to cut a lot, right? So mm. may, maybe I, I'm bullish, right? So so maybe I think, oh yeah, this is a sign of discipline. It's not a sign of um, it's not a sign of feeling, but and that's a bias, maybe. But, you know, I, I think it, it's a nice data point to have. And, and of course, if two months down the line, they exit Eastern Europe, six months down the line, they exit India, where, where they're trying to make a big splash now. Mm-hmm. Then we are going to really tend towards, okay, yeah, what's, what, what's management doing, right? Why are they making all these bets that are just filling and filling and, and cutting their losses? Then, then is, is there really going to be something useful here, right? And, and does that help with the growth story?
0: Yeah, I think actually at the same time, right, they could see that maybe other regions that they expanded to, because effectively they're trying to stretch their tentacles out, that other regions are showing better margins. So yeah. that was what the initial phase one could be, right? Let's go into these markets for five, six months, maybe a year. Let's see what works. And maybe if they get enough data back, then we focus on three markets or four markets, as opposed to the eight that we started off with.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, you know, if you look at C, and, and we might be diving a bit too deep here, but what, what they are, they are good at developing markets, right? So, okay, leaving aside Singapore, they, they've done really well in Taiwan, which is semi-developing. They've done really well in Indonesia. They are the largest one there now. I think they are also the largest in Vietnam, right? So, so right. with their Southeast Asian experience, they, they have actually, you know, tapped on developing markets very well. Um, and, and they are, I think, one of the highest downloaded apps in, in LATAMP. So, in, in Brazil, sorry, which is the, the largest market in Latin. So, you know, mm-hmm. they seem to have a formula for success. It, it could just be that they, they couldn't replicate it in, in France because, you know, culturally it's different. It's on a deve- different developmental path. And, yeah, I mean, they, I think that, well, management doesn't need me to make excuses for them, but I think that, that <laughs> there definitely could be mitigants there.
0: Someone's very bullish.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, at, at current prices, I, I would say yes,
0: actually. Right, so take take us through it. Why why at this price?
1: Oh, uh, I, I think that's just you know part of it is just relative valuation, right? Um mm. for what, fifty bill, I think that, that's their market cap now. You you get access to the the, mark, the e-com market leader, which we know has you know, can have decent unit economics, um, in, in Southeast Asia, which is probably the, the sixth or seventh, you know, largest economic center in the world, right? I think they are, we are probably six because of Indonesia and, and Vietnam and all of that. So so that's good news. Um they, they said in their last earnings call the the e-com section in, in Southeast Asia and Taiwan will actually be EBITDA positive this coming financial year. So so you can see their take okay. raising. Like you know, I mean they are they are famous for going in. The market burning cash and you know, trying to to get market share, right? And and that's fine. That that's the standard playbook. But they have shown that they are able to increase take rates and and try to get to more positive unit economics. So so I think that that's a good sign. Uh, of course, if one year down the line it still doesn't work, then maybe fine, right? We we revisit it. But as of now, all the signs look good that it's going to expand. Um, they and where they have expanded, you know. Besides France, right? They, they seem to have been doing very well in all of their international expansions. So, mm. so they are doing decently, I think, in Poland. They are doing well in, in Brazil. I think they are second only next to Mali, right, which is also another list code that people are like talking about. So, you know, they seem to be adapting very well to, to local markets. And, and this, to me, you know, this France thing, I don't think it's a failure. You, you can't win in every single market, right? It's what you do when you are losing that matters. And and if the and if management's decision is to say, I'm not gonna waste any more money fighting this battle, I'm just gonna move on to the next big thing, you know, conserve my resources, then that's great. I I think that's that's how things should be done.
2: Mm. Fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I agree with you, Anthony, totally. Yeah, I mean they, they did open up in Spain as well and yeah, for now they're still there doing well. Yep. Maybe, you know, it's easy for them to just park the resources over from France. Yeah, Spain. Exactly. You know, that could very well be. Yeah, and yeah, and it, it's gonna be like a, a nice segue where they, they already have been with uh, in the latter market for a while, and you know, uh, France. This like it it helps to build up their presence in Europe for now, for the time being. And who knows, maybe they they might actually enter uh, France again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could be right I mean it also could be Very much cultural right Because I know the French Are very insular They they really care about Their French products Etc cetera, etc cetera. So maybe that's That's also another reason I'm speculating I'll be completely honest yep. But from, <laughs> yeah, from let, what let, I know Let's
1: not It's International Women's Day guys
0: Let's not do stereotypes Right <laughs> Oh I'm not yeah. stereotyping <laughs> I'm hearing it from friends yes, <laughs> And okay. reciting it But yeah <laughs> Yes happy International Women's Day uh, To everyone as well so Anthony So what do you think Think it's a good Val Coming back to Shopee
1: Well I mean I, I don't know if, if it's a good Val I think personally think it is And of course not financial advice But I think this is a good data point to, to show Especially when you're looking at You know Growth stocks and management This is a good data point For you to assess management By what they do Rather than what they say Which is you know, always key Right Because you judge people By what they do
0: Fair Awesome Thanks for that Anthony Next up Ah, second story is me. That's yours. PayPal. PayPal. All right. right. So PayPal had its earnings call (laughs) as well. (laughs) And, well, let's just say they reduced their forward forecast. for And actually, for the second time in a row. So they did a Q3 earnings call um, and they reduced their forecast. They did a Q4 earnings call, they did the forecast. And, you know, obviously the stock has massively dropped. I believe it to be Mm. 100 something dollars now as opposed to the heights of, of 300 over I, dollars i think they're lower than pre-covid to be honest mm, yes and i think one of the biggest things here is and one of the biggest reasons for that as well anthony just to pile on the fact of the the 2022 uh forecast is that their goal or 2025 goal of achieving 750 million active users has also been scrapped that's not okay. what they're focusing on anymore Right, so all of this was said in the Q4 earnings call, hence the, hence the reason, right? So this is the reason why, uh, Coconuts listening, you see a massive drop in, in PayPal.
1: Did they replace it with
0: any long-term goal? Mm, good question. So let me take you through some, some numbers from the Q4 earnings okay. call, right? Their, their earnings did grow 30%, mm. right? Forget EPS, grew 1%, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they also generated 5.4 billion of FCF. In 2020, it was 5.1 billion. Right? So it's about mm-hmm. a 6 to 7% increase of, of FCF, which is not too bad. Yep. Um, but coming back to Anthony's question, the strategy, is that one of the things that they mentioned is that they're not going to focus on customer acquisition. They don't want the number okay. of accounts in PayPal to rise. Instead, okay. what they're looking at, um, and in all fairness, I also think it's a, it's a decent shift, is that they're focusing on ARPU, or Average Revenue Per User. So... What they realized, and I was doing a bit of uh, readings here and there, is that people come in one time and they go off. Come in one time and they go off. Instead, what they're doing is that they need to focus on engagement, engaging activities or activities that will keep them back in the system. And if that is 60 70% of, of users, then that's who they're going to focus on. And so that's the, the biggest shift. Well, previously, last you know, quarter two, quarter one, last year, pre-COVID, focus on growing, 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 growing and i think personally right again not financial advice completely me. It's the fact that i think that's a decent way forward because they've got they've got competitors throughout this entire space right yeah. i mean if i were them competition is stiff it's going to be stiff yes we were market leaders yes we are market leaders and we have been consolidating and buying companies left right center now let's focus on the ecosystem let's focus on making it all one let's focus on the arpoo Mm-hmm. I think it's a decent strategy. Whether it will execute is another another <laughs> issue. Yeah. But what do we think, Anthony?
1: I, I, I don't know, right? Like, like I, I was just looking at my notes for Square because we just did it last week. Um, yes. and, and you know when when we were talking about Square, you know, the revenues of growth and of course or that were of course higher. But I think the, the the key that we were focusing on in terms of the story, if we want to think about, this growth that attracts a higher multiple you know, that's really just on the ecosystem, right? It's about the cross-selling. Mm. It's about, you know, linking our merchants to a buyers. It's about buy now, pay later and, and all of that, right? And I mean, nice to see that PayPal is trying to validate that strategy by also copying it. That's great. Um, you know, but <laughs> I, I think it, it takes time and it takes effort to build an ecosystem, right? Mm. And I mean, I have not looked at what, what they've been doing or how they've been doing. And I, I think this, this just might be a bit of a
2: challenge.
0: Jeff, what do we think? Well, I, I think that there's, there's a couple of things that
2: people are trying to do, right? Like, whatever you've already mentioned is more of a multi-product kind of strategy that they, they're going for. Like, if you think about it, it's, it's really pretty much like how, any other payments company when they first started out, you know, giving the the merchants, uh, I, hey, I'm, I'm not going to charge you anything, <laughs> but I use my service and just try to build the active customer growth all over again. And like you say, there's really so much competition going on. I mean, I'm, I'm bullish of the future about contactless payment for sure. But for, for what, what's worth with PayPal, I think there's, there's still uh, a lot for them to, to have to do to compete with their competitors. So that's going to be a, a huge issue as well and given the fact that i know uh paypal been trying to earn yeah. from like transaction expenses from their consumers and what's not and now this whole thing is going to be an issue maybe maybe i don't know uh the paypal wallet might be used as a funding source for them to to grow their mm. to grow their, their wall chest, you know for for more innovation r&d that that might potentially be a way as well but really who yeah. knows yeah I
1: was- thinking about it a bit more and I mean no look, look, right? The 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 a difference that I think there is there between PayPal and Square is on the merchant side of things. Right? So so Square, you know, they started with a dongle, they they hit you know physical merchants quite easily first. Right. And mm. and then they they started expanding that online. Right. So so you can use Square Pay and all that um online as well. Um, PayPal, I don't know if they're the same physical solution for, for physical merchants, right? That That's one. And two is, you know, I think every single online e platform has pretty much their own payments solution now, right? Even Shopify, who's like, which is like a pure platform, has like Shopify Pay, right? Amazon yep. got into a big fight with Visa and, you know, they're, they're, they, everybody's <laughs> looking at payment rails. So... <clears throat> You know, where is PayPal's edge there if, if they are going to grow their merchant ecosystem, right? Because sooner or later, if you're pushing on Spotify, you say, oh yeah, all the small merchants, they'll go onto Facebook, you know, Facebook shops, um, Shopify Pay. Mm. It makes your backend also simple, you know. What, what can PayPal add to that besides just be payments processing, right? And and if there isn't, then, then PayPal really is kind of at the mercy of all the big e-com platforms. And <clears throat> I mean, you know, yeah. if, they have, if they have their own solutions... I mean, PayPal won't be advantaged there, I would say. Even if it's there not as, as a disadvantage, they just won't be advantaged, right? So so I think it's slightly difficult to see. I mean, they could execute really well. I think that that is a possibility. I just it, The story just doesn't look that strong to me at this stage.
0: Mm. I think one of the things I, I want to talk about just before we, we end off this segment as well is they've just introduced the buy now pay later. Yep. Right, segment for for PayPal. Of course, they've got the crypto wallet and all of that, but you know, sort of Square. <laughs> right, we can keep going. We can honestly keep going. But where do we see this? Because PayPal has a lot of merchants. Don't forget, they are the largest out there. Mm. Um, they also have probably. I'm actually I'm not entirely sure, but I think they also have the largest uh, users as compared to to everyone else. In that system, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. So for them to introduce this and then use the buy now pay later feature to give some sort of incentives to the merchants, incentives to the users, that could very well be a, a good way to keep people in this system, right? In this ecosystem. Yep. If you use XXX, I'll give you this extra. Like for example, um, I think with Pace, you get $10 off at this and that, or they don't actually, you know, charge you for the, for, any sort of, of installment or you get the installment delayed even further so these are different variables that they could use mm-hmm. for this just specific buy pay later to build the the ecosystem and keep the ecosystem within PayPal now they've got the size to do it the question I have for you guys is number one do you think that's a viable strategy number two do you believe in the management that they will execute who wants to go first Jefferson yeah, why, why okay.
1: <laughs> I, I mean I, I'm a square bull right so
2: uh, I mean <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a real com, I'm not convinced that the management is going to do much to be honest I mean given the fact like they have already broke their promise once uh, with regards to mm-hmm. the, the, the recent earnings right so that's, that's one like the boy who cried wolf kind of thing is it, just you trying to scramble to put a plan together and say hey this is what we're going to do and potentially uh kicked off with with, with something but you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day nothing, nothing was done Um and like I already mentioned, with all the com- competition going on, like, to me personally, I don't want to download another app to have to, you know, to, to, to make payments or anything anymore. Uh, I want it to be as fast-free, easy as possible. I, I don't care whether it's Square, I don't care if it's PayPal, mm-hmm. Apple Pay, whatever, right? Easier. So long as it, it makes my life easier in that sense, then I, I benefit from it as a consumer. Um, And and then that's that's where people will start Using it and subscribing to it as well. Yeah, I think the only grace that they have is that everyone knows PayPal. Everyone knows that they are a payment company where you can make. Like, before, before you know, you had all these uh remittance kind of thing. You can just Absolutely. send money very quickly to each other. I mean, if that's the opposition, then why not like try to build something around it instead of having to just diversify these things. Right? They should just, place, did you just
1: yeah? like make yeah. Instant yeah, yeah. global I crypto mean, transfers. Like they do
2: fast <laughs> transfer across the world. Even better,
1: right? Yeah. Okay, um, I, I I don't know, right? I, I think <laughs> this is this is one of those things where you know I, the size of PayPal. I mean, look, they are, they are definitely more global than Square, right? But yes. that mm. that also makes it harder because you want if we are going to really build a global um, ecosystem where where everybody's together. That's, that's a humongous undertaking, honestly. I don't think anybody... Really, I mean, I joke about Bitcoin and all that, but even they haven't really done it, right? So, you know, th- this is a big challenge. If they win it, fantastic. I think it's going to be huge. But I think what's more likely to happen is that they'll start small, they'll start only in the US, it'll take a year before, and hopefully it works, then they'll roll it out to, um, you know, pe- people like us in, in Singapore, and, and that's just... I mean, and and that's not a growth story, right? Because mm. if we are going to say that they are advantage over square size, then they are not utilizing it you know, effectively. Yeah. yeah, they they I mean they they have lots of you know merchants, lots of people using it. Um, that that's great, but really you know we when we have an ecosystem, we really talk about the US ecosystem, not a global one, right? And and I mean it'll definitely be expand their multiple from now. Mm. Not not saying that it won't, but you know it then that, that's a limit on the bull case. I think the, the, the real bull, if you are bullish, is that they make a, a really global, you know, merchant and, and buyer ecosystem. But we don't know if that will happen. I mean, I don't think Venmo even is anywhere outside the U.S. Yeah. Right?
0: No, I think so, it's only in the U.S., yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. so, so, so anyway. even then, you know, their, their ecosystem, I think, by definition, right at the very beginning, is, is a U.S. thing only.
0: Last topic, Jefferson. Tell
1: us about
0: Russia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of mine. I the think moment we've we'll been waiting for in Russia That's
2: right us. now in Ukraine, uh, hearts, my heart go out to them for sure. Uh, Russia invasion of Ukraine, the whole Western response to it, I think it's a nightmare. It's a headache for everyone. It's gonna excavate the whole supply demand uh, imbalance that essentially lies at the heart of the whole uh, fat hike. You know, trying to curb your global inflation, blah 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 and what's not. Yeah, yeah we we've, we've been talking about it, the narrative has changed so many times. I'm I'm tired of t- talking about it as well, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we um, all are, man. I, <laughs> we think, all are. <laughs> I think what uh something to highlight is that maybe think from the perspective of like what happened if uh the Western countries were to buy less oil. Like I mean on the mainstream media, mm. it seems like, yeah, it's, it's not much of an impact. Like, you know, every Russian oil, we can go away with it and, and what's not. It's easy to say. But the, the truth is that it's not as simple as that because you are reducing trade with a current accounts surplus country via sanctions. You're weaponizing, uh the financial system against them and boycotting them altogether means that the mm. rest of the world will have to produce allocated amount that Russia was previously producing. And it's going to be a nightmare in that sense because everyone still consumes as much or, or maybe even more. Even more now, right? Because it's, yeah. we're all trying yeah, to fly exactly. around, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go for holidays okay. and yeah. all of that.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> per, per SQ, man. They, they finally
1: start leaving COVID yeah. and then... Goodbye oh, to uh, all the and profitability. <laughs> yeah. If you're an SIA shareholder, um, not good for you.
0: Oh, a hey, hey, side side digress. By the way, I saw this meme. It was quite quite insane. Where aliens are watching Earth. as an episode. Episode one, COVID. Episode two, World War Three. <laughs> like it just transitions all the way through, no break whatsoever. <laughs> yes, yes. But I digress. That's a good
2: show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The the potential shift is definitely uh fairly small at an aggregated level, as Russia accounts essentially um accounts for only 2% of global goods trade and GDP as well. But it's, it's mm. considerably large in oil, yeah, where Russia actually supplies 11% of the global consumption. Like it or not, you need, you need, you need Russian oil. Uh, and it's huge on natural gas. We talked about it last week as well. 17% of global consumption comes from oh. Russia. And now you have nickel as well.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. You, you know, I, I think... Somewhere in the PAP, they must be clapping their hands and patting themselves on the back right now. Because C- this was something that they were warning us about like 15 years ago. <laughs> um, oh. Really? Yeah. So, so um, historically, at least in the early 2000s, Singapore like, was like 98%, 99% natural gas. And it was all piped from yep. Indonesia and Malaysia. Mm. Right, so so that's where the obvious problem was, right? If if we go to war, it's with these two countries, and well, guess what, we have no electricity. So yeah. in, in all the wisdom of the PAP, they decided, no, this is not the case. That's why they built Jerome yeah. island. You know, that, that's where all the whole LNG shift um came in. Sorry, we're just digressing. From no, no, the war, but this, yes, these these um, are
2: all good information great. as good well. To be Singaporean. I believe that you need to understand a little bit of history yeah. to understand <laughs> economics better.
0: So, what's of wisdom there, Jefferson?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my perspective is really if Western countries decided to buy less oil from Russia, then in principle, you can have China, India, and, and the likes of them having to buy more uh, Russian oil and, you know, less of Saudi and, of course, US oil, which can also flow into the West. Um, but mm. it's, but one, one, of the, one of the thing is that um, if, you, if you look into history, when it comes to commodities and especially at times of war there's a stamp of origin that, there's stamp on all these different uh, commodities that you have so if someone uh, along the way through this pipeline realizes that hey this is russian oil then you know it creates a, it stirs up a lot more political uh, issues with these different countries as well I see. so uh, are are these countries actually going to buy uh, from russia yes or no maybe like China, China would probably uh, China is really doing that.
1: I think if it's cheap enough, I'm sure they will. Yeah,
2: because China is just gonna use it for themselves. <laughs> they are not gonna, you know, uh, yeah. do yeah. do something of like a rearrangement of deck chairs and ship it around the rest of the world. Yeah, they are not they are not that noble in that sense. They they need it for themselves. The best they can do is you know lend it out to South Africa, lend lend it out to their loan partners. Right, smart move for sure. But I think uh, one area will definitely suffer the most, which is the Euro area. Yeah, so they're gonna see a double whammy coming from uh, both oil and natural gas prices. One is because of the sanctions that, that uh Russian will be slapped with and Russia is not gonna pipe them uh natural gas anymore. You're not two from Germany and what's mm. not uh not gonna get any month, one. not one three months. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the thing is that you you need the Russian oil to keep flowing because it contributes to the big GDP of the Europe as well. You're gonna have uh, massive unemployment coming from people that are unemployed from this uh, you know the LNG industry in in Europe. Um, and I think these these are some of the things that we we should think about and look into and see that hey it's not just as simple as having to just slap them with this whole uh, sanction and call it a day. And I think from the US perspective, they, they don't really care about it because, hey, from their point of view, is that oil prices increase, is hitting uh, US mm. economy that's already overheating. Mm. So, yeah, you know what we can do? Just hike, in a sense. Put a fat hike on it. And uh in fact, like, the market's also looking to reprice the hike, right? You start seeing more than four hikes this week, so about six uh, to seven again. Wow. Yeah, so everyone is expecting hikes to come in. You see the two-tenths of the, the U-curve uh, inverting, which usually tend to be a signal for... Uh, Wait, has it inverted, right? Uh, it's close to inversion. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay. So it's close to inversion, so it's, uh, it's a sign of a recession happening. And the Fed, <laughs> in, in its own world, is like, yeah, if we want to prevent uh, inflation, you know, what are we going to do? One of the is we don't... The general market will be don't, don't, don't raise rates at all. But Fed doesn't care yep. anymore. It just cares about the whole inflation pressure that is going on in the market because the labour numbers came up last Friday. It was great. They, they were happy about it. They say that, hey, despite mm. the whole war and everything, we are doing fine. Nobody cares anymore. Like, Everyone you...
0: is okay. Yeah. Everyone is cool.
2: Yeah, exactly. But relative to the US, then you have the fundamental shock in the euro area. And especially in a down downside scenario where natural gas becomes more and more scarce, then it's gonna be a negative. It's gonna be clearly a negative interest rate environment for them. The ECB is not gonna raise rates for the time being. And the yep. last time this happened was when you look back at uh the closest I can think of is the Greek uh the Greece financial crisis where ECB mm. was... Oh, was it 2004 or something? Yeah, ECB was essentially forced to lower their interest rate so much more than where the Fed is. For but, Greece. Yeah, mm. where it created a great disparity back then. And it wasn't a great time for the, Eurozo- the
0: Eurozone. Yeah. So, if I get this right, one of the things that... We spoke about two things. One is the US market. The other one is the oil price. So, you expect the oil price in the US to increase? Is that, is that what you're saying? It's you big to rise some more? Yeah, I mean, um,
2: if you look at the oil futures... Uh, people are actually pricing uh, oil to actually hit 150 uh USD per barrel, right? And there's wow. economies that are actually predicting that there, there might be a chance to even hit $300. Yeah, which is insane. Okay. I, I, so think, th-
1: th- I think that was the Russians.
2: No, 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 no. It's not just Russian. It's not Russian. It's like, uh, I, I think it was uh, B- B-
0: BCA or GS. I can't remember. One of them. Yeah. Wow, okay. Okay. So basically what... what Take, take us through this, right? Because the, the other result is the fact that you mentioned that Fed is like, I don't care. I'm still going to raise my rates. So if crude oil increases, what does that do to our consumption? What does that do to um, the average Joe spending money on the streets?
2: Yep. I mean, look, just, just think about it, right? Like in Singapore, um, when Ukraine and Russia went to war, on the same day or the next day, we actually have a 20, 21 cent increase in petrol prices. And what does he say? Twenty-one cents. Yeah, but what what does it say <laughs> to the rest of us? Right, is that you know things are going to be a lot more expensive. Your average Joe, you know, when you when you ship something from Taobao, they are not gonna, they're not going to uh, they're not going to let you mm. off, right? Your your shipping cost is going to go up. Um, then your vegetable seller, your food seller will just say, yeah, 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 things are all very expensive these days. So we also have to raise it. Yeah. Everyone is just going to raise their okay. prices. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like a new right. norm yeah, of inflation.
0: So basically, like, you know, every year, Chinese New Year, when you go for a haircut, it's always $2 more. <laughs> so it's something like that. Yes, yes. Oh, because... Yeah. yeah okay. But this, 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 this <laughs> itself might be permanent,
2: depend, depending on how long this whole Russia-Ukraine thing mm. blows over, right? If, if say, Russia been, uh, is, is going to be seen as a global pariah and commodities cannot be imported from them anymore... That's gonna worsen or excavate everything else that we that we already experience right now. Uh, you're gonna see goods and yeah. services to be a lot more expensive. So a nine percent GST, you can expect it to be like a, a hidden eleven percent or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's, it's, so it's basically, ten
1: percent GST on top of inflation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so basically, for for our listeners out there, right? So cost will be increasing, at like everyday cost, right? Because vegetables will be more expensive. Obviously, you know, if you drive, petrol will be more expensive because crude oil is more expensive. You're going on flights, they'll be more expensive. Anything <laughs> with regards to anything with logistics Everything, and right? supply chain will, will be more expensive. More expensive. <laughs> Grab will be more expensive. Yeah, exactly. right. So then, as an investor in the US market, for example, you would effectively have less buying power. So you would spend more and Buy less? How how would that work? So what would that do with with the economy? And in the end, maybe take us back to how does it relate to me investing? Yeah,
2: I mean, um,
0: or what should we be investing? Yeah, on? okay. So
2: I think one of the things to see, uh, like, uh, to see it, right, is that uh, average Joe' the spending is gonna be a lot higher, and that if you are an investor and what's not, one what, one of the things um, is you know just just buy the dip. Yeah. Which is what uh, someone at BCA, one of the strategists at uh, BCA Research, actually said. Right, uh, in the event mm. if you think that there's gonna be a risk of a nuclear war, uh, uh nuclear breakout happening, then just buy the deep. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I love lower. that. It's, it's, yeah, no, it I
1: mean, so <laughs>
2: fatalistic. It's okay. we yeah, all did at the end of day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, we don't need the true. money. Yeah, so you have nothing to lose. And, <laughs> I love yeah, it. <laughs> so, which which is true? I mean, um. Uh, but I think one of the things is that every, everyone in the markets is expecting or assuming that you know oil prices will will come back down it's a It's a right conclusion you mm. definitely have to come back down the prices will 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 mean river at the end of the day um but it's really how long like the conflict and the investors having to grapple with how the conflict will be resolved right if it's gonna take a very long time, mm. all this impact will definitely stick on, especially the especially your day-to-day goods, it's going to be a lot more sticky. The prices are a lot more sticky. Things... things gotcha. you, you don't expect the, the guy uh, downstairs at your mama shop to decide to change the Pocca Green Tea price like, like every other day, right? So <laughs> he's going to just keep the, the, uh, the price there. You never know. You never yeah. know.
1: He's he just going to keep it. it it's, it's, yeah, it's the, the petrol flavor, prices right? went up in the GFC in every economic crisis. Yeah. Petrol prices keep going up. We never see them come back down even though the price of oil came back down. Yeah, exactly. Right?
2: Yeah, when it hit zero, it you never margins. see them giving us free oil. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Got it. So then then to take it back, because oil prices are more expensive, I need to spend more to consume the same things I'm consuming, therefore I have less money in, in for investing, or I'm taking money out because I've got to spend it for my day-to-day use. In that manner, it could actually negatively affect the market, regardless of... of of industry, right? Yeah,
2: but I think that we we have hit a point where uh, there's also a lot of slush liquidity that is uh, lying around in the market as well. So spending has to happen Mm. one way or another. Um, And one of the best ways that uh, or direct impact of uh, spending has to come from the governments, right? So you're going to start seeing um, government dipping into their own pockets, uh, having to spend on infrastructure development and what's not, or even like just blatantly just buying oil you know th- these are Got just it. spending as well so all of which it, it's not great for us it's good for the government in the sense where yeah i'm just gonna buy mm. my commodities prices uh my commodity prices are high i just wait a bit buy it later or you can be like china so don't care about the world and just buy whatever that's available right now nickel copper oil whatever <laughs> yeah
0: and um, the best part is, I'm pretty sure that something will happen within this week. So next week we'll be back again to talk about more.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think one last, one last. When, when's
1: the Fed meetings
2: coming? Oh, 16-16 March. Oh. Yeah, okay. that's right so, after so our. Next, our next week. Yeah,
0: next next week. Exactly. But I think I do think that so, so one of next week of the... we talk
1: about more. After that we talk about rate
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Basically
2: everything's becoming more expensive. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed, yeah. I think one of the markets, if you, as as investors, having to look out, you, you can actually turn mm. into, to see China. I mean, I'm bullish China for sure. I think they are less vulnerable to the whole shock um, uh, because they lack the, Europe's exposure to Russian natural gas. And, you know, it doesn't care about mm. America's labor market overheating. They are pretty much like their own independent player uh yeah, they are yeah. Right?
0: they are pretty self sustaining themselves. Indeed
2: indeed. I think the only thing that they really care about right now is the whole uh what you have as the covid the covid situation. They they still very backdated in a sense. Like covid is like over for most countries but they are still dealing with it. Uh, and mm. the other one is really uh, ongoing stress in the property and credit sector, where the the policymaker has to gain confidence uh from the act from the masses that hey. Uh, these stresses in the sector have already been curbed, and we want to see uh more uh further easing in credit and housing policy. This is yeah, I think it's easy for China to make all this happen anyway. So yeah, right. So we have yeah, both I mean, China. They, they definitely
1: have enough cash to to spend oh, yeah. right and and Absolutely. boost the economy. Yeah, or even just Absolutely. to hoard commodities from Russia. So, yeah. so that, <laughs> I mean ma- macro wise, I think they, they'll be in a in a decent shape. It's just which which sectors of their market we want to buy yeah. to, to make sure that we, we kind of perform. Or you yeah. just buy the market and then forget it. Mm.
0: Yeah, buy, buy the market. Yeah. I mean.
2: <laughs> well, well, next week we can, we can take a bet to see whether uh, 25 basis point or 50 basis point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. 25. Wow. Yeah. 25.
0: 25. I've, well. I've always been yeah. saying 25. Yeah. Anthony and Jeff, I remember very distinctly yes, that you're yes. like, no, 50 yes, is 50 yes. is this, 50 yes. is that. I, I was a 50. <laughs> yeah. this,
1: this probably yeah. won't be but, a V-shaped recovery like COVID, right? Where, where <laughs> we would just pumped money and, and you know, we, we, we kind of had a restricted economy, but, but things managed to happen. <laughs> You know, If you are going to have no energy, no power in, in Europe, it's just going to be an absolutely terrible time, right? Yeah. Your economy is not going to function. So so your recovery, um, whether it's GDP, whether it's share prices, it's going to be slow, earnings will be affected. You know, This will be probably more into 2008 or, or the Asian financial crisis um, more than COVID. I, I don't think COVID will be the data point that, that we look at here.
2: Tough time, tough time for the Fed. I mean, we, liquidity is one yeah. thing. It's, yeah. it's tough,
1: right? Because if, if, they, if they keep raising and, and they fight inflation, then they might cause a recession. If they <laughs> don't raise, yes. then they don't cause a recession. But <laughs> they, they, they let inflation go crazy. Yeah. In any case, Democrats lose power, which is unfortunate. It,
2: it would be funny oh. if the Fed decided to extend the you know their the credit lines again the dollar credit lines to the rest of the world.
0: Oh and then
2: God. you get more and more dollar That's... cash in the market. And I want to see what happens. Yeah. I really want to see what happens. Yeah. All right. Boom yeah. times.
1: <laughs> back
0: to 200. It's, it's oh going to be man. crazy. Yeah, Crazy times. Keep, keep money ready to, to invest. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, all three of us. And... I'm sure for more war discussions (laughs) hopefully not bye (laughs) bye
1: Bye. have a great week (laughs) have a good week
0: (laughs) see you thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me Rakesh and trust that you learned something today if you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter join our community telegram group or follow us on social media we also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered to sign up please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.